The spotlight is again on the Solidarity Fund. Now, you may know it was formed a few months ago, just as COVID hit and the lockdown came into being. The president came out and he said he had received some really sizable donations from big donors in the country. And uh, that was going to set up the Solidarity Fund that was hopefully going to make a difference in the lives of people as this COVID outbreak began and as the lockdown resulted in, in many people losing their livelihood as well. So so the question that arises is, um, how has how transparent has the Solidarity Fund been in terms of, it ex- of its expenditure since it was set up? That is one of the questions that we are going to tackle with our next guest. But firstly, we're going to look at the issue of the number of ventilators donated to the Khateng Provincial Government by the Solidarity Fund today. And this is a part of efforts to help healthcare work- workers in Khateng fight COVID-19. So let's get the details from the Solidarity Fund Deputy Chairperson, Adrian Enthoven. Uh, Adrian, good afternoon and thank you so much for your time on Afternoon Drive today. Let's just start with the ventilators. How many of these ventilators were donated at what cost? Good afternoon, Joanne, and, and thank you to you and your listeners. Um, so the, the, the fund committed uh, in early July uh, 250 million rands to the, to the local production of 20,000 CPAP uh, ventilators. These are the non-invasive oxygen support machines uh, that will be distributed across the country and as you say, today was the handing over um, of the, the of 60 of the first, uh, sorry, um, um, today we, we handed over the first batch of ventilators at the Charlotte Mapek uh, Academic Hospital, which is one of approximately 60 medical facilities across the country that will receive uh, of the first batch of 1,000 of these uh, 20,000 ventilators that we procured. All right, so that's good to hear. And uh, where were those ventilators sourced from, just out of interest, given that uh, that many countries in the world were reporting shortages? Yes, and so this was uh, the challenge that we faced at the fund was that we just weren't able to source any of these CPAP machines uh, anywhere in the world. Um, and the, uh, a local project was started with the Department of Trade and Industry um, and the South African Radio Observatory, uh, um, uh, South African Radio Observatory Laboratory, um, to local to, to, to set up a local uh, a project to locally manufacture these ventilators, the fund funded um, uh, a prototype for these ventilators and, and then rolled out uh, the procurement uh, program. And there are really two uh, major um, consortia. One is uh, led by the CSIR, and another local uh, companies that will be manufacturing these ventilators for us. Right. I want to get to the other issue, please, Adrian, of uh, the transparency of the the Solidarity Fund in terms of its spending. And and I'm basing my questions on a report in the Daily Maverick by Rebecca Davis, who pointed out very specific things. And I'm going to ask you about those aspects of her report. One of them is that uh, you, you of course, teamed up with the the pharmacy giant Dischem to offer free COVID testing for those who couldn't afford a test. And shortly after that uh, that project began and you'd, you'd give them an additional 20 million rand for tests that non-medical aid members and, and those who couldn't afford them would have. Uh, that, that project suddenly stopped. And, and uh, as I re- recall as well, there wasn't any communication from the Solidarity Fund as to what happened. We know that, that some of that testing has been set up now, but my understanding is that if you go to those venues, you will have to pay uh, 850 rand in order to be tested. What actually happened with that project? So, Joanne, I mean, there was there was absolutely the intention, and and uh, firstly, just to say that the fund is um, one of the major pillars of the health response of the fund, has been to support the national testing program, and we provided significant 250 million rands to the national health laboratory services, 
uh, 88 million rand to the academic hospitals. And this was seen as something that would complement the national testing program, the DISCAM uh, initiative. Um, that 20 million rand that was committed was never actually dispersed to DISCAM. Their, um, their program uh, was terminated, and, um, and, and that 20 million rand uh, was never dispersed to them. So the reports of the relationship between the fund and DISCAM were, were correct. There was a, an intention to enter into that arrangement to disperse 20 million rand. The idea was that they would be in remote rural areas, uh, in, their, in, their, in their more remote uh, outlets where they would provide testing to non-medical aid um, um, South Africans who would find it very difficult to access uh, testing facilities in, uh, in, in, in other ways, you know, big distances to travel and so on. Uh, but, but that 20 million rand was never dispersed. And so um, there's no uh, accounting from the, from the fund in relation to that 20 million rand because it was never dispersed to DISCAM. Were you at all uncomfortable with doing business with the company at that point when it was accused of price gouging? Yeah, so so that that matter had come up, and um, and we decided to wait until uh, the competition commission finally ruled on the matter. Um, and uh, absolutely, that was an issue of discomfort for us. I mean, I think it's important to note that in the arrangement we had with Discam, this was not a commercial arrangement. We were just paying for test kits. And they would pay for all the logistics, the people, the actual testing that would happen at their facility. So this was actually going to cost them money. Um, so they were not making any money out of this arrangement. But obviously, the issue of you know being found guilty by the Competition Commission um, on the on the uh, price gouging was absolutely uh, an issue for us. I want to ask you as well about the issue of your spending on gender-based violence efforts or anti-gender-based violence efforts, I should say. Uh, the gender activist Tian Johnson is is quoted as, as saying he was he's been trying to get some information out of this for a number of weeks. We understand that 17 million rand was put towards this. Who actually got that funding, Adrian? So that funding went to the National Gender-Based Violence Command Centre. It went to the uh, Tutuzela Care Centres. Um, and uh, the national shelter movement. And it was principally for PPE and other medical services for the shelters as well as for uh, communication. So, so tell me, are you interacting with the main players in these areas, like gender-based violence, for example, because there, there seems to be a perception that, that you are actually not integrating your efforts with civil society so, so that the people who actually know what is needed are not the people who, who are giving you the information that's required. Um, well, we, we, I mean, we have very extensive involvement with civil society. Uh, we have had throughout the, the course of the fund, we have a, a technical advisory committee with civil society represented on it for our humanitarian efforts. Um, these discussions that I wasn't directly involved in these discussions, but I believe extensive discussions were, were held with the, you know, the gender-based violence, the national coalition. Um, and so, I mean, what, what, what we are looking to do, I mean, this is, this is not the end of our efforts in relation to gender-based violence. We're looking to expand on the work that we're doing in this area and absolutely working very closely with civil society as a kind of central uh, uh, pillar of, the, of our gender-based violence strategy. I mean, they are the organizations that are doing the most effective work in this area. Well, well, Rebecca Davis makes the point that, that many of these organizations have had their regular funds diverted to initiatives like the Solidarity Fund. So they, they've lost their funding, but they don't know what the money is actually being used for. So, Joan, I mean, I, I think it's a valid criticism to say, and, and firstly, just to say, I mean, we've been working absolutely flat out to try to have the biggest impact that we could have in this crisis. You know, we've had our health response 
a big humanitarian effort in, in, in food relief uh, and, and gender-based violence and in the solidarity and behavioral change campaign. Uh, we have two very extensive reports that we've uh, put up on, on our website um, yes. detailing our entire PPE procurement program and uh, the, the first food relief program that we did. But I think it is a valid criticism to say that, we, that we, there's not been enough information that's been, that's been uh, circulated and been distributed by the fund and accessibility by the fund in relation to its work. And this is something that we are urgently addressing as we speak. I agree with that because, I, I mean, these two reports you're talking about came out in June and July. Yeah. Uh, but but yeah. uh, apparently you're spending around, totaling around 767 million, 200,000 is allegedly still unaccounted for. Well, I mean, so, so, so just to summarize, I mean, of the 3.1 billion rand that we've raised, and I'd like to just kind of run through the numbers because I think it's quite helpful for your listeners. Of the 3.1 billion we've raised, We've committed 2.3 billion. So not all of that has been dispersed yet because there's quite, you know, detailed processes of contracting, of due diligence on, on, on partners and, and, and the, you know, the following our procurement processes. But of that, in the health area, we've spent 905 million rand or committed on PPE, 363 million rand on testing, uh, 280 uh, million rand on ventilators and 405 million rand on other critical care equipment, uh, um, uh, hospital equipment, medical equipment. Then in our humanitarian pillar, we've committed 295 million rand on food relief uh, programs, the 17 million rand that we discussed on the gender-based violence program, and we've committed 53 million rand on our solidarity and behavioral change campaign, uh, which incidentally we also work very closely with uh, civil society on. So, I mean, those are the big disbursements we've made that make up the 2.3 billion rand. Um, we, we expect that a significant portion of the remaining funds will be spent over the next four to six weeks. I mean, we were set up as a crisis intervention and to, to spend into having the biggest impact we could have in these three areas of health, humanitarian and, and behavioral change into the crisis. Um, and we will absolutely account for every cent that has been spent, but, but even in the meantime, we'd like, you know, as soon as possible to get up significantly more information. I think it's a very valid criticism that Rebecca made, and so we've taken that on board. Adrian, thank you so much for speaking to me and uh, also for being honest about the changes that need to be made. Hopefully we'll have a conversation soon about that uh, once you have managed to fix it as well. Adrian Enthoven, he's the Solidarity Fund Deputy Chair.